are now listening to the Gross Street Podcast, episode 37, featuring Carla Doolittle. So how's life? You work today, right? You're a nine to fiver. Yes, nine to fiver. Worked. Um, Came straight here. What do you, what do you do? What is your main gig? I work at United States Steel in Benefits Administration. Okay, so you're an HR gal. Yes. Okay. Extension of HR, HR. woman. Yes, gal's fine. Okay. Um, but I think I was prompted to invite you here because you are running for Democratic committee woman. That's right. Okay, so I've been trying very slowly, very gradually over the, I don't know, past year or so to try to understand local politics. And I still feel like I know nothing. Um, Maybe I've picked up a thing here or there. But for those who don't know, can you explain in layman's terms what a committee person is for a political party? Sure. Um, First of all, I'm kind of an outsider, so this is new to me. Um, But as a committee member, we work with communities, um, local organizations, and government to support candidates uh, and the Democratic agenda, basically to benefit all Americans. So um, if, for instance, my friend Sarah, my very good friend Sarah Inamorato is running for state rep uh, for district Oh my gosh, I'm losing my train of thought for the 21st district. So if she were um, nominated by the Democratic Committee, then we would, of course, support her and promote her to get elected. Unfortunately, she was not, but I'm still working very hard on her campaign. She was not what? Sorry. She was not, not endorsed by the Democratic endor- Party? No, cor- she's not being endorsed by the Democratic Committee. That's correct. Um, they're, okay. They've endorsed her competitor. Okay. Um, who's been a long-term candidate. And it's kind of all part of the political machine that, um, if, I, if I can babble a little bit here, is go. one of the reasons yes, please that, babble. <laughs> that I've uh, decided to take an aim at politics and it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on whether you're republican democrat i'm a progressive liberal mm-hmm. and we've we all kind of become part of the machine and you know someone gets in there they're in office for 20 years they hold positions for 20 years and their views tend to get a little foggy or misguided or maybe don't aren't willing or don't understand how to grow with the times and progress with the times Mm -hmm. and we need more progressive candidates on both sides of the aisle um most most especially in the democratic party so so when um have you always been involved in politics or at what point in your life did you decide that you wanted to get more involved more so than just going to vote and the elections that you were aware of? I've been involved to the extent of working on campaigns. I worked on the McPapas campaign. We did some canvassing for him. Uh, Huge supporter. Very proud that he um, has that position that he has now. I did vote for him. Yes. Uh, The guy who campaigned for him, who stopped at my doorstep, was well-spoken. And I thought that their intentions for what he planned to do as district magistrate correct right yeah 
I thought that their intentions were good. Um, I heard that he had a little bit of a rough start. True. But um, how's he doing? Have you heard? Uh, we keep in touch a uh-huh. little bit. Um, we email back and forth every now and again. Things seem to be going pretty well for him. Here's something that I, I, I was never aware of and I think is absolutely absurd that in Pennsylvania, you can be a magistrate without a legal background. I've also heard that. That just blows my mind. Yeah. Absolutely. You don't have to have, you don't have to have ever gone to law school. You don't have to have passed the bar. Theoretically, any one of us could run for magistrate. Right. Brian could say, Hey, I think I'm going to be magistrate next time around and, and try to do it. Mm -hmm. And, and so not only uh, mixed views and, and how he wants things to, to work and how he really wants to work with people, he's a lawyer. He has a law background. He understands the law. Mm-hmm. And he's not... And I'm not saying that people in the past have been up there blindly making judgment calls, but have they? You know, I, I want somebody who is trained to do a position to be there for me and people in my community. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's something that just really blew my mind. So um, here's a question that's been on my mind a bit recently. So for the U.S. House of Representatives, there are like big pieces of Pennsylvania that send a representative to the federal government, to the U.S. House of Representatives. How does the Pennsylvania State House of Representatives work? Are the districts just much smaller Brian's really good at this. <laughs> he should actually be Mike. Um, well, it's kind of hard. I don't know if you are aware of the redistricting that's happened or I, happening I am. right now. So I am. It's so my it my district- Connor Lamb won the the big upset victory against Rick Sacone. Correct. Right? Yes, and I feel his district is actually rather large. Right. That's because a big swath of the South Hills of Pittsburgh. South Hills yeah. and Washington County. Right. It stretches out. It's a, a in the Green County and Green County, pretty rural areas. Some old coal. McDonald, PA, yeah. where I hail from. Uh huh. You know, so it, it's it gets really. Even on the walk over here, I said to Brian, um, you know, you and I live in different. Zach, we live in different districts. Right. Even though you guys live what, three neighbors, blocks away, a couple blocks away. Yeah. So the whole. Uh, gerrymandering everything it's just kind of really confusing and up in the air right now but did you want to weigh in brian no i mean i think that's pretty good (laughs) so brian is it is it accurate to say that for the pennsylvania state house of representatives that the districts are smaller like much smaller in the actual state of pennsylvania like how many districts are there for pa state house of representative people um 30 something over 30 so so the, the, on the state level, it's just for Pennsylvania. On the federal level, it covers the whole country. So Connor Lamb, you mentioned Connor Lamb. He, um, when I was going to be in the 14th in the subcom, but he he covers. He represents that area in the United States House of Representatives. So right. He takes the concerns uh, of this area to or that area to the you know, in front of the whole country. Right. You know, when they work out whatever they need to work out. So Sarah and then, you know, anybody else running um, just re- represents the small area that, you know, Lawrenceville, this area, and I think the North Hills of Pennsylvania. But even, for example, so like it's Mike. It's much, much, quite a bit smaller. 
But Mike Devine, for example, he's PA twenty, right? Mm -hmm. So he's city, but then he, but then it's weird because he's like Lawrenceville and like I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like Ross and like weird areas that aren't necessarily connected to each other. They're not. Do you know yeah, what I mean? So, They're not a part of the neighborhood. Okay, so for someone who is a Pennsylvania State House representative, there might be several people like that. Uh, let me rephrase the statement and see if it's accurate. <laughs> so you take Connor Lamb's current district. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That district is represented by multiple people on the state level? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And here's a funny um, side note. It was It's very surprising to me how many people are confused about where they live and where their districts are because so so many of our friends, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Zach, have, we actually know people that went out to vote for Connor Lamb, and they live in the city of Pittsburgh, and they had no idea. That they can't. That they can't vote for him. Yeah. So I, I think we're in, a, we're in a time where people are starting to, and I, I don't want to say wake up, but in a time where people are starting to be more aware and learn more about politics and just want to be more involved and, and not be part of the status quo anymore. Well, especially if you're a progressive liberal. Yes. Because, right. I mean, I, <laughs> do I even have to say why? But, I, I, I mean, I think, you know, for a lot of people, I, I also consider myself a progressive liberal, who, but I'm not active in politics beyond doing this podcast and trying to keep a conversation going and trying to learn stuff. I, I don't really campaign for people. Right. Um, occasionally Jen and I will go to a fundraiser and that's, uh, we go there to schmooze and just try to learn things as much as really support a candidate because right. a lot of the times we're in with a lot of our friends, we're in a in sort of democratic progressive liberal echo chamber. So, um, yeah, we we go and we support our friends and we try to learn things. Um, but I still feel a little bit dumb when it comes to local politics. And I, um, a friend of mine who would like to remain anonymous has uh -huh. suggested that uh, local politics is a bit of an insider's game. I've learned that. Yeah. 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 And. Um, I didn't forget that. And I think, you know, I wanted this person who will remain anonymous, uh, didn't want to become, she didn't want to come on the podcast because she's involved in local politics. Um, and, uh, you know, so a question I had for her, which I will ask you is for the average person who wants to learn about local politics and how things work and just learn about the system and how the system works regardless of whether or not it's inherently corrupt but say i'm just i'm a curious citizen i have some extra time on my hands i want to get involved um do you recommend that they go and say get a post gazette subscription no or would you say volunteer for a campaign well no to post gazette because i believe they are um strongly republican now yeah um i, I honestly they, they did have some pro-trump articles oh, in the past a lot and they year did so. they not support they supported sacone am i correct um I, I don't know if they did that but they yeah i'm not sure if they actually did so i don't want to be you know 
don't take me at my word. Uh, for me, the Allegheny County Democratic Committee was a wealth of resource. Um, their website is amazing. You can, you can call them. Uh, they have an office. You can call them, and they will answer any questions you have. They are very patient, um, just absolutely great people to deal with. Also, I've been involved in a lot of volunteering and activism my whole life, so mm -hmm. it kind of led up to this. Um, so through uh, one of the organizations that I volunteer with, I have a lot of contact with, um, you know, people from Representative Doyle's office, uh, Senator uh, Casey and Toomey, because we are a nonpartisan organization, which is the one campaign. Um, but they are great resources. Absolutely uh, wonderful. The staffers, especially in Senator Casey's office and Representative Doyle's office. I've had friends that will just stop into uh, Doyle's office on the south side when they have concerns or they don't understand policy or a, a bill, something they just they need help with. And they will go in and a staffer will take the time to sit there and talk with them and explain it. So I think you have resources that technically we pay these people for. So hmm. use them. You know, and they're happy to help. So, um, I'm sorry, say the name of the committee. It's, it's the Allegheny County... Allegheny County Democratic Committee. Okay. They're wonderful. They have, they have a website. They have a website. You can just Google Allegheny County Democratic Committee. Okay. Um, you can call them. I, I call them all of the time. <laughs> and... Um, oh, fact checker is sneezing. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. It's a high so, pollen day in Pittsburgh. It is. And I did mention Senator Toomey, who is a Republican. And again, I'm, you know, that for those of you that support that kind of thing. Um, there was a guy, our friend Scott Gleason. He has worked on campaigns for both Democrats and Republicans. And um, he told me that people vote emotionally and culturally. Yep and locally and that people vote how their parents vote people vote how uh you know if someone makes you feel good and then they endorse a candidate well you're likely to go vote for them so um shout out to scott gleason hi scott gleason um he worked on the toomey campaign and that was before my time i honestly i know that he was a republican but i don't really know anything else about the guy so i don't have an opinion I don't have any statements to make about the guy. Um, but uh, did you have Democratic parents? <laughs> well, hi, Mom. Elders? <laughs> hi, Mom. Uh, <laughs> so I grew up with my mother loving Ralph Nader. Okay. Which is, right, which is a good thing. Uh -huh. Then my mother voted for George W. Bush. And, of course, huh. at the time you know, twice at the time I was just like infuriated. What's wrong with you? How could you do this? And we don't need to rehash that whole situation and how uh, in hindsight, we're all like, Oh, we would love to have him back. But my mother also loves, is that a strong word, mom? She is a Donald Trump supporter. Mm. Um, so, you know, I tend not to talk about things and, you know, there were a couple of times she would post things on Facebook and I would ignore them or I would just say, mom, you know, this is not true information. Check this to get the facts, that sort of thing. So I don't come from a particularly liberal parents, uh -huh. um, but at the same time, they are socially 
liberal, mm-hmm. which is really, and I, I really hate these, um, like, I really hate, well, they're fiscally conservative, but they're socially liberal. You know, like, I, I've always been very involved in the LGBT community. Uh-huh. Um, always. Uh, volunteering, friends, you know, one of my best friends, you know, from the beginning, my parents loved him. They did. They don't care. Do you know what I mean? That kind sure. of thing. But then, you know, when when President Obama was in office, you know, that whole czar thing, and you know, all of that kind of fake, uh, whatever was said on Fox News, and I feel like that's all geared towards that generation, the baby boomers, and it's like scare tactics. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, yeah, we don't really talk about. <laughs> okay. Politics. Um. I. It, I mean, that's interesting to me because I have met a lot of people over the years and a lot of people that I would meet, you know, would say, well, are you a Democrat or Republican? I'd say, oh, I'm a Republican. I'd say, well, what are your parents? Well, they're Republicans. And I mean, you are more of an anomaly. Yeah. I mean, granted with the polarization of political views these days, there's probably more people of our generation butting heads with, the elder generation. Uh, I was at Tesoro's one time having a bite to eat. And uh, I was watching this guy my age eat ribs. And he was very just infuriated at his parents for, I think, being Republicans right. um, while he was eating ribs. <laughs> and it was just, it, it looked like just a really disturbing I just family dinner. I just uh, don't even. Oh, the parents were there. Yeah, yeah. So, it was like a, it was like these these people sitting next to us. They were having a family dinner, but you could just tell it was a very uncomfortable family dinner for all parties. Hopefully, he didn't get a rib lodged in his throat <laughs> in his anger. So I I just wanted to say this though. Yes. Um, there's also a fine line, and this goes for both parties. I'm kind of hopefully not lose my train of thought here. A true Republican. I can respect and have an educated debate with and agree on certain things with. Mm-hmm. But the definition of a Republican these days is not true. It's not necessarily true to what they are. And with that, let me flip it over to my party, which it's all part of the political machine that I mentioned earlier. Do you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. you have these Democrats that are supposed to be for the people, but then they tend, they start voting in ways that you don't have them in office to vote for and things that are not, um, you know, acceptable for like, can I say the word abortion on your shows? But that's, you know what I mean? Uh, You know, women's right to choose progressive, and then you have some of these candidates that are voting the way you would expect a Republican to vote. So, and then again, here we go. You get these people that have been in office, like Costas, they're political machines. They're in there for 20 years. Nothing's going to change. You know, it's old school. It's old people in Bloomfield. You know, for example, a lot of younger people here moving in. We're here to stay. Um, we don't want to change what we love about Bloomfield, right? We don't want the gentrification, but we also need to have um, candidates that our tax dollars pay for supporting what we really need and what's important to us. So, you know, so not being able to have an educated debate with a quote unquote Republican of today 
sometimes happens with your within your own party and it's a vicious cycle yeah I mean, I think that it's really important for us in this day and age to, first of all, treat one another with respect. Absolutely. Because really the the label of Democrat or Republican, maybe it signifies which way you vote, but it doesn't really say that much about a person's character. Exactly. And uh, I had a discussion with my cousin last night about how we both were working at our jobs for a while, say back in... 2016 2017 and we'd be working side by side with people that we really respected we thought they were decent people that did good work and they loved their families and they cared about the forests and the streams and the rivers and the valleys and then all of a sudden one day uh politics comes up and oh my gosh you're a conservative or oh my gosh you're a trump supporter but and it's a total mind fuck because you think oh gosh if i really respect you then you should think like me in right. a political context right. and that's not the case and you know i'm trying to tell myself that i need to you know you know treat everybody just like a human being that deserves respect first of all and then take it from there because i figure if you know say we're progressive liberals we want people to be on our side we want to win the argument we want to persuade people that there should be bike lanes and public transportation and more eco-friendly practices and, and healthcare uh, equality and yes. affordable housing for janitors and low-wage workers and absolutely all that stuff but you know nobody on the liberal side is going to win over Republicans by starting out the conversation saying, fuck you. Exactly. You have to say, hey, how are you today? You right. know, absolutely. What'd you have for breakfast? <laughs> you know, uh, how about those buckos? I don't know, whatever people talk about. But um, yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's the way I'm approaching things these days. And I'm hoping that, you know, there's just so much hate out there. I want people to just be decent to each other. I want... I want, you know, the black people to walk around and not be labeled as one thing or another and, you know, have everybody be able to say, hey, hello, how are you? And, you know, I don't want, you know, people who work as janitors for the hospitals and CMU and things. I don't want them to think like, oh, gosh, I have to move to Aliquippa now because that's the only place where right. I can afford an apartment. Right. And then take a bus for an hour and 15 minutes to get to work, uh, um, you know. And, you know, Race is a big issue, right? We're, we're rambling, folks. In case we're you we're rambling. We're all Sorry. over the place. But, but, you know, we're building on ideas here. We're getting somewhere. <laughs> but I, again, and I, you know, we're all equal. We all come from the same place. You know, you're no different than I am. We all put our pants on one leg at a time. I've always hated <laughs> that phrase, but here I am using it. Uh, you know, Unless you're missing a limb. Well, oh yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, also, you know, we're all of, God's children yeah, or something or something. Yeah. Um, you know, we also do a lot of work with immigrants and I am mm -hmm. very proud to, you know, a, 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 several of my friends and, um, colleagues. Wait, you're not native American. Or <laughs> Where are your ancestors from? I, but my ancestors are from Germany and Italy. Okay. So, you know, we all basically come from the same place. Well, unless you're Native American, obviously. Although, you know what? Anyway, I think my my 
Italian grandmother has Native American on her side somehow. But it, my point is that I, I don't care if you are poor or wealthy or just like me or are Muslim or Jewish or any of those things. I don't know why we can't just all love one another and take care of one another. And that's what human beings are supposed to do. That's what America was built on. We're built on a, a country of immigration. None of us is from here unless you're a Native American. Not, not one of you, not one of us can claim to be from here unless we are 100% Native American. So we're all the same. And, you know, come on. Stop with the stereotypes. Get your shit together and take care of each other. So what's your response to the idea that and I'm not taking a political stance by saying this, but what's your response to the idea that this country is too crowded and I, and, I, and I, we don't want any more people? Because that's what I hear from a lot of right-wingers. So right you better wingers. get that wall built, right? Right, Please. yeah, the, for the wall builders. They say it's too crowded. There are finite I, resources in America close the borders. Really? Is it really too crowded? Because let's think about this, and I'm going to go back to, you know, the wall thing. People come here and take jobs that we would never, the shittiest ever, jobs. ever take. Yeah. We would look down on. Would you clean someone's toilet? With that said, let me just say this, that I did clean offices. Well, I have to. <laughs> I, I did clean offices at Bayer when I was, when I was in uh, college, and my mother actually managed the cleaning company. But you see what I'm saying. Yeah. People don't say wake up and say, hey, I want to be a janitor today. And this yeah. goes for... These Mexican immigrants aren't taking your engineering job. They're not right taking away. anything away from you. And most people that are immigrants to this country, even you know, from countries like Syria that are in desperate need of help and, and children are dying in Palestine. I just can, I, I mean, I'll just start rambling. These, these people have degrees in their countries. They're not coming over here and taking your job as a lawyer or your job as a doctor. Their degrees mean nothing here. So they're scrubbing your toilets. They're in the back kitchen, you know, making minimum wage, washing your dish so you have a clean dish to eat off of when you're at the Olive Garden. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, I mean, come on. So right. it's not too crowded. So let's, um, let's, let's rein our, our ideas in a little bit here. Let's get go all night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, ask this question to see hmm. where people's values are. So, suppose you win the lottery, and you're going to take 15% of it and donate it to charity or a political cause or something. Um, you know, but you you win the lottery. You've got 200 million in cash. You know, all your debt's going to be paid. You know, all your loved ones are going to college and everything. But you're going to take 15% and just put it into doing some good in the world. So that's $30 million. What's a, what's a cause or two that comes to mind or ones that are frequently on your mind that you would like to support these days? I, I know would, there are a lot out there. There are a lot. But I would sink a lot of money into Planned Parenthood. A lot. Um, the local, we have a lot of local um, immigrant placement services. I would sink so much money, hmm. you know, because a lot of times they don't, you know, there are immigrants coming here and it's a struggle to find apartments for them. And when they find apartments for them, these settlement agencies, um, if, if landlords find out that they're Muslim, a lot of times they will rescind 
Mm. You know, so to be able to give money to maybe an organization like that that could actually buy properties mm. for and maybe just kind of rent them, you know yeah. what I mean, to immigrants. So, uh, so Planned Parenthood, uh, local immigration settlement services, and the ACLU, I think, are really um, big ones for me. I mean, again, there are so many. I'm a big fan of the Sierra Club, so you know, I'm a huge animal lover. So I would yeah. s- I would sink a lot locally into um, our newly formed humane rescue team. So yeah, absolutely. Great. There'd be enough to go around. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, especially so your your love of animals is the reason that I I know you. Yes. So how long have you been pet sitting on the side? So. I started when I lived in Regent Square about six years ago, uh-huh. and then when uh, my lovely sidekick Brian and I started dating about three years ago, we partnered up and uh-huh. expanded, and so we've been quite quite successful, quite lucky. Uh-huh. Uh, we meet a lot of, we have a lot of best friends on four legs. Nice. Like Fonzie and Thurman. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty great. They're pretty awesome. <laughs> Um, so let's see, what else do we want to talk about? You have a pizza party coming. Oh, wait, I have a couple more questions about just general stuff and like political parties. So you're running to be democratic committee person. Committee. Yes. Committee woman. Committee woman. Ward eight district four Bloomfield. My okay. little neighborhood. So that's just a section of Bloomfield. Little section. So I live, we live on Asia Wave, which mm-hmm. is a dead end alley off Cyprus. Mm-hmm. So it's our little part of the dead end alley, part of Cyprus, um, part of Moorwood, Aspen, South Winebittle, some of Gross, uh, some of uh, Sciota, um, Powhatan. It's just really so weird and kind of very random. Very local. Very local. And if you win the position, is it a paid position? No. It's not. No. So you're still like a very fancy volunteer for the Democratic Party if you get this position. Right. And it's a four-year term. Wow. Right. So you're putting a lot of effort into running for this position, which is a position that you don't get paid for. Right. And I So can't... you you really believe in what you're doing. You must believe in what you're doing. I do. I do. And I, and I'm actually going up against someone who has, uh, run unopposed for quite some time. I'm, I don't know the exact number of years. So, Mm -hmm. you know, this is really grassroots for me. So, and, uh, another question. So is a committee person, is that like the entry level to getting involved with a political party? I would say so. Yes. Okay. And, Another question I have, what is a staffer? Because I hear about staffers in the news all the time, but I don't know exactly what a staffer is. Okay, so for instance, um, when we do things with the one campaign, and I don't want to get too much into that because I know Brian's coming on for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But for instance, when we, with the one campaign, we do a lot of letter writing and having petitions signed. And so we deliver these things to... Senator Casey's office, Senator Toomey, Congressman Doyle. Nine times out of ten, we're meeting with their staffers. These are people that work in their office. Okay. Um, uh, so uh, there may be a staffer who that whose job it is to actually sit there and read every letter that comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be 
a staffer or two who uh, takes meetings with people. For instance, when we lobby on the Hill with the One campaign, a lot of times we'll meet with a, a staffer if they if they're not available. So um, there are people that work within the offices of these elected officials. Okay, so say. Uh Take Governor Tom Wolf. You hear his name in the news all the time. Right. He has staffers. Right. Who pays those staffers? Is it tax money that pays the staff that's, for the elected official? That's tax money, yes. Uh, okay. Brian? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Excellent. Speaking of Tom Wolf, my good friend John Fetterman is running for lieutenant governor. Worked on his campaign when he was running for Senate. Worked on this one. We had a house party. Uh-huh. Uh, do some campaigning. So, yeah. What is a lieutenant governor? What is their role? I, I think the best way to describe process. it, the easiest way to describe it, it would be the vice president of a state. Okay. I think that's the easiest uh, layman way to explain it. So he'd be like Wolf's number two. Exactly. In a sense. Yes, exactly. Ah, huh. okay. Neat. Like, I'm, I'm... like Barack's Joe. Ah. <laughs> Um, vice governor. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Um, all right. So I see you have David Bowie shirt on. Yes, of course. If, if you win this election, when's the election? First of all, the primary is May 15th. So that's when you would vote. Um, and actually, uh, my position is like the very last one on the ballot. So it's like you're scrolling all the way down and my name is actually the last one on the screen. And it's only people in your district that can vote for you. Correct. correct? Yes. This ward eight district four. Okay. And, uh, if you win and you have a little celebration, uh, what are some songs you might listen to? Oh my goodness. Oh, you're going to listen to any Bowie. Yes, of course. I, Okay, so I grew up in the old school Pittsburgh punk scene. Okay. But my all-time favorite band is U2. Okay. And my friends that are listening to this that hate U2, they can they know, which is whatever. Tough cookies. Um, yeah. Uh, so any and all U2 songs. Huge Pixies fan. I, I just love so much. Like, I love the Stone Roses so much. Ah. <laughs> like, so much. I love Ian Brown. So I, like, uh, I just can't pick. I would need, like, a... Um, like a playlist yeah like bowie prince stone roses oasis <laughs> um there was paul weller we were um i was working at the hospital and i was with a group of people and we were taking care of a older alcoholic gentleman whose mind was probably gone but he said he was gonna come back to the place and shoot the place up with his guns oh now he was very sick. Yeah. But it's not nice when people say they're going to commit genocide. It's frightening. So we forced him to listen to U2 for a while. Did you really? Yeah. That's fantastic. That song, like, Good. The sweetest thing. And that was a song written Bono wrote for Allie when he forgot her birthday. If I'm not mistaken, my mind is old. Brian, is that true? Yeah. He forgot her birthday. So to preview the uh, podcast with Brian. Oh boy. He's taken over. Already. Um, we're going to talk about the one campaign. Now, I just learned about this recently. Um, this The one campaign was started by Bono. Founded by Bono and Bill Gates. Really? Well, yeah. Yes. And they're involved in progressive politics or politics one, somehow. One is a... Without getting into it too much. One <laughs> is a nonpartisan campaign. 
and we work to end extreme poverty in the world, uh, most specifically in sub-Saharan Africa. Brian, hmm. it, Brian is a congressional district leader for one. I am a VOLT, which I'm a volunteer leader. Um, we're working on something right now called the BUILD Act, which he'll go into with you next week. Um, but we're not boots on the ground. We um, never, ever ask for money. It's just your voice, literally just your voice through letters, phone calls, um, petitions. Uh, we work uh, the concerts. We'll be in D.C. next month working two shows, um, just approaching fans, getting them to, to join one, and um, getting them to ask for support for the BUILD Act. Um, and whatever campaign we're working on at that time, uh, year, uh, it's always the international affairs budget that needs worked on anytime there's a new president coming in, uh, whether it's Donald Trump or Pr Barack Obama, you know, we can't, it, that is less than 1% of the budget and any cuts to that are detrimental. So we work to make sure that there are no cuts and if there are, they're minimal. How'd I do? Yes. We got the thumbs up. <laughs> Yay. All right, and uh, do you want to plug your pizza party? That is canceled. There was, oh. a, uh, there was a scheduling conflict, so we had to cancel that. Okay. Work gets in the way. Hmm. So, But I can plug that everyone that's in my district should go out and vote for me on May 15th. Okay. Please. And, and tell us your district one more time. Okay, District 4, Ward 8, Bloomfield. Okay. Yes. Get out there and vote, people. Yes. Get involved. It's going to affect you. It will affect the policies in your life. Um, great. Well, thanks for uh, coming over and, you know, talking about politics and educating me. And I'm sure uh, some of our listeners will hopefully pick up on a couple of things about how the process works. Um, any other special shout outs or anything you'd like to let the people know out there? I just, I, I got a shout out to my friends, if it's all right. John Fetterman. Yeah. Yes. Sarah Inamorado. I love you. Vote 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 people vote if you're in in district 20 vote for mike divine the the these people are the change we need we're all the change that that we need need to make it happen we need equality for everyone health care education wages these are the people to vote for and this is may 15th may 15th may 15th get out and vote all right excellent well carla doolittle Thank you very much for stopping by and visiting. Uh, we'll try to get this posted tonight if you're okay with it. Yes. And, uh, yeah, very nice talking to you. Pleasure was all yours. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye.